guys, I'm going to introduce that instead. Um, my name is Elias Chavez, and with me as always is... No Wilder. And you're listening to our Christian viewing experience. I don't know what he's doing over there, but it is not God-honoring. And I... <laughs> God hates this. But at the very least, I am here to talk to you guys today about a message that um, we found in some kind of secular media, and we're finding a Christian message or theme in it um, to then um, allow you to discuss that if you know anyone who might be interested in that specific IP. For example, uh, Noah here is going to be talking about Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. I am going to be talking about E.T. Um, So if you know anyone who uh, likes either of those things, I'm sure that you'll be able to bring this up in a easy... Uh, regular conversation and just go straight from there. No hiccups. Be like, hey, instead of talking about E.T., let's talk about Christ. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I listen to podcasts. <laughs> I'm pretty smart. I'm better than you. <laughs> and uh, I bet you listen to podcasts, but... <laughs> there's a there's a joke on <laughs> okay. SpongeBob. Oh, no. Skin, Squidward is like... I know the truth. I listen to public radio. <laughs> That's so funny. I know. <laughs> I listen to public radio. <laughs> yep. You do you, Squiddy. <laughs> All right. Our icebreaker for the day um, is Elias. I am the icebreaker. <laughs> I break ice. Elias? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, so you know how um, on, like, competition shows, the... Uh, Please tell me the icebreaker um, is Ameri- a tier list of survivor style. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you think Iron Chef ranks? <laughs> no. The American Idol. Yeah. Amazing race. Mm-hmm. America's Got Talent. Yeah. Lego Masters. Ah, yes. Bake-offs, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The winner always has a sad backstory. Come up with a sad backstory so you can win a competition television. I need to know what the show is first. Okay. Because I feel like that highly influences my sad backstory. Okay. Um, hmm. Does that have to be a real show? I, I would prefer if it was a real show. Okay. Um, but you can make one up if you're really feeling it. <laughs> no, I am not feeling it. The Great uh, Irish Baking Show. <laughs> yeah. um, American Gladiator. American Gladiator. Yeah. Um, Do you know what that is? I am aware. I'm, okay. I'm vaguely, vaguely familiar with American Gladiator. Okay. Um, <laughs> I had the immediate... So there I was. <laughs> no, um... Uh, my sad backstory. Um, I was, um, a young boy. I grew up poor, sad, hungry, and worst of all, no meat on my bones. When suddenly I had this epiphany when... No gladiators in America. (laughs) There were, there, there was a shocking lack of men thinking about the Roman Empire. So I had to do everything in my power to become the first American gladiator. But (sighs) TV execs beat me to it. (laughs) And they made a whole show themed and centered around that exact idea. So I had to do what any rational person would do. 
Ninjas, we already had American ninjas and gladiators. They were taking a slice of that pie. So I was going to become the best American gladiator possible. Now, though I was a skinny boy, I realized that with that million dollars that I'm going to win, I'll be able to open up a school to train more talent for more gladiators of America. And then when the Holy Roman Empire wants to rise up against us, we will have the perfect fighting force to go up against them. And we'll wrestle them in the mud or whatever other slick, slidey terrain they want to challenge us in. And no matter how shaky their doctrine is, (laughs) we will clash back with iron swords and even stronger abs. Thank, thank you. <laughs> so what was sad about uh, that? I was skinny. As that a I was child. skinny as a kid. <laughs> I figured that would be really people like, yeah, yeah. He needs to win. <laughs> I used to be skinny. Had no muscles. <gasps> <laughs> Grown men cry. <laughs> the Sigma grinds it. <laughs> the Sigma grinds it. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, anyways, um, your is going to be, um, I need a sad backstory um, for Fear Factor. <laughs> Why do you deserve to win Fear Factor? <laughs> I walk out. Hola. <laughs> okay. And then I realize I can speak English. <laughs> Fear Factor gave me the power to speak English. I must be on television to speak English. Mm. My wife doesn't know any Spanish. I can't tell her I love her unless I win and stay on TV forever. <laughs> Thanks, Joe Rogan. <laughs> Isn't that where you got to start? Give me the roaches. Give me the roaches. Isn't that where Joe Rogan got to start? I think it was a Fear Factor. I mean, he was a comedian first. But, oh, yeah? But yeah, he hosted here. Fear Factor. Yeah. Is Fear Factor still running? No, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely not. Yeah. Fear Factor is a very interesting concept. Like I could definitely do some of those things. Um, You know, like the people like, oh, let bugs crawl on you. And I'd be like, wow, that sure is ticklish. I hate this. But like, I mean, a million dollars is a million dollars. It's the stuff that could actually kill you is the thing that gets me. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. Wrestle this python. (laughs) Sure. Wow. You're going to keep me safe, right? Like, you won't actually let me die. Oh, yeah, yeah, we got it. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's just a python. What's it going to do? I don't know, man. (laughs) I don't... (laughs) It doesn't seem safe to me. It doesn't seem safe to me. I have to win? It's staring at me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's speaking in my head, bro. I don't know. There's some Uh, gross stuff I wouldn't do, but, like... Yeah. If they like eat a bug, I'd be like, okay, cool. I was eight once. All, the, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's the show is weird because it's it's kind of about fear. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. The rest yeah. is just about what gross stuff we can we make people do for money. Yeah, it's 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 really interesting. No one's afraid of drinking horse pee. That's yeah, not a fear of someone. That's has. not a fear. No, no, no. It's That's it's just a gross thing. It's literally yeah. It's less fear factor and more a show about making like people do dumb college dares. <laughs> Have you ever wanted to participate in a game show that was based around how many frat dares can you do in one <laughs> sitting? 
Well, have Joe I? Rogan has, <laughs> Joe Rogan has the perfect show for you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Elias, uh, you want to get into the feature presentation now? Yeah, I'd love to. But first, we should tell them that they can tell us their sad backstory for whatever <laughs> TV show. What's your they loser are? backstory? <laughs> no, winner. That's how you win. Oh, my God. Would be. Yeah. At ocvpod.com or ocvpod at gmail.com or on Facebook or Twitter at ocvepod. Thanks for letting us talk to you. Let us know what you think about our question. Now we're going to get into the feature presentation, and Elias is going to go first. Uh, like I said before, I'm going to talk about E.T. <clears throat> I've been thinking about this one for a really long time, I'll be honest. So I hope it comes out well. But. Basically, um, E.T., which it always feels weird to refer to him as E.T., but... The extraterrestrial. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Um, if you've never seen the Steven Spielberg classic, well, luckily, it's never a bad time to talk about a classic, especially with this coming out the day before Halloween. Um, so, um, it just feels appropriate to talk about, um, this, this one. Um, it is an alien movie, but it's really like a family story. Um, government conspiracy. Well, he is afraid he is alone. He is 3 million light years from home. (laughs) What are you quoting? That's the, like on the poster. Oh, like, is it's it like, really? Yeah, yeah, it's like the tagline for the film. Like, I don't think anyone ever says it, um, but it is. Yeah, it's it's like it, it's like the uh, what is it, Alien? I think is the like no one can hear you scream in space or something. Yeah, in space, no one can hear you scream. Yeah, yeah, which is pretty metal. Uh, but anyways, um, the yeah. So just jumping right to it, the Christ figure in this movie is E.T. Um, of course it is. Like he's a funny dude. He's a squat, wrinkled little alien. Uh, he's like what three feet tall? Um, and what does he have in common with Jesus? Um, a lot. He's 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 got a lot in common with Jesus. I'm gonna think. Uh, they both drop down from heaven, and they both go back there. Um, they have people who believe in them. Um, based off of Elliot the main boy who finds E.T. after his big old crash landing, um, he, he tells him straight up to his face, he says, I'll believe in you all my life, every day. Um, and both Jesus and E.T. promise to stay with their believers always. Um, Jesus, obviously, a little more directly, like in our lives, has you know placed the Holy Spirit inside of all of us. Um, E.T., before he leaves, um, he points his big old glowy fingers right at Elliot's forehead and tells him, I'll be right here. Um, So that's pretty cool. Um, And that's, like I said, a direct parallel to Christ. In Matthew 28, 20, he tells his disciples, I'm with you always. Um, Right here. I was talking about Jesus. Not E.T. in that one. (laughs) You pointed to your heart when you said that. And I was like, I... The Holy Spirit. He's right there. Yeah, yeah, that's not incorrect. Um, but yeah, um, both of them rally behind the oppressed and offer help to those who need healing. Um, both are viewed as threats. They're misunderstood and mistreated by the the authority figures at play um, in their respective, I don't know, universes, timelines? I don't know. It, mediums? 
It feels weird because one of them is real and one of them is not. I don't really know how to say that. But anyways, point is... One of them is our universe and the other one is the E.T. universe. <laughs> the Steven spielberg verse. Spielverse. I like spielberg verse <laughs> a lot. Um, and then on a more surface level, of course, there is the, the resurrection. Um, I do... Before jumping into that, I do feel a quick need just to mention one thing that I do really feel points to um, E.T. being um, very Christ-like is the fact that Steven Spielberg actually had several people bring up to him like, oh, wow, there sure are a lot of weird Christ parallels in your movie. And he very vehemently um, made it clear that he's like, I he does not want or intend for et to be viewed as a christ-like figure um direct quote here if i ever went to my mother and said mom i've made this movie that's a christian parable um what do you think she'd say she has a kosher restaurant on pico and doheny in los angeles um so yeah personally i think this kind of makes it better because i think that means it was super unintentional and i you know i to me at least that makes it mean more just because hey he really did not want it to be a Christ parallel. And yet Mm -hmm. here we are. Um, Anyways, but with that out of the way, um, like I was saying, there is, there is this parallel of the resurrection. Um, Obviously Christ died um, for all of our sins so that he can heal and take care of our physical needs. Um, And him being crucified is directly as a result of everything that he had done for his people, all of the healing, all of these miracles, all of these crazy things that he'd he'd been doing, um, slowly but surely brought um, the Pharisees to him. And they were like, yep, this guy's challenging our power and authority. We got to kill him. Um, Whereas in E.T.'s case, as as opposed to the threat being external, it's internal. Every time that he goes and he heals somebody, whether it be a dying houseplant or a sick child, um, he gets weaker. Um, Every time that he goes to heal someone, he's always like getting whiter and more old and weak and wrinkly. Um, And so like for him to basically die and then when his people come and rescue him, he like is rejuvenated in a sec in a, in a sense. Um, Jesus becomes a human being and becomes like us in all things, except for sin. He didn't just, uh, well, quote unquote, like put on a body. Um, he became one of us. He identified himself with being a human being. He wasn't just like one of the three parts of the Godhead. Um, but he physically in all aspects became just like a human being, except not cursed as Adam was, you know, as Adam had like cursed every person born, um, from then on, um, because he's God. Um, so he was capable of living without sin. Um, ET is an alien boy. Um, and his, you know, in the film's like most iconic line, he constantly going around spouting like ET phone home. He has this yearning to constantly contact the the kin, this family unit um, who had accidentally left him behind so that he can return to his home planet. And that kind of drives the whole point of the film, just like with Christ, who in being a full human here on earth, um, <clears throat> he obviously spends a lot of time, especially like later through the Bible, he spends more and more and more time, um, in the gospels specifically. Um, 
going down to, into into prayer, um, just as E.T. is constantly yearning to contact where he is originally from. Um, and here we can see another Christ analogy. At various points throughout the Gospels, he is specific, he being Jesus, specifically is seeking solitude and spending long times of period in prayer, um, communing with the Father. And the closer our Lord gets to Calvary, the greater that resemblance grows. A key moment occurs in the Garden of Gethsemane, um, mentioned in both Matthew and Luke, uh, where Jesus begins to experience the full like desolation, pain, and darkness of death, um, even though he had only known all of the perfection that is living in heaven for all of eternity before you know any of the foundations of the world were laid. Um, and being aware that he was about to be thrust into this position of, you know, experiencing the ultimate pain of being the the lamb who was slain, the ultimate sacrifice for all of us. Um, and, you know, experiencing all the alienation that came with that, just like how E.T. goes through this process where he is thrust into earth and completely cut off from his own kind um, and experiences all of the desolation and pain that comes with that um, and yet still chooses to like comfort and help and heal all of the people that he comes in contact with. Um, and so that is basically um, everything that I wanted to talk about there and just say that like there's like a weird parallel in between E.T. and Christ Um Obviously, my whole thing kind of falls apart when you analyze the fact that, hey, E.T. is a total accident. <laughs> he had no intention of getting marooned on Earth, uh, whereas Christ, you know, like from before time was even a construct that was created, um, like that was the plan, you know, mm -hmm. like this was all established for eternities and you know, like there, there's no escaping the fact that that was always the plan. But of course, um, that just means that Jesus is superior in that aspect. <laughs> like, oh, wow. Crazy how that works. Um, but yeah, Jesus is clearly the, the better of the two because from the beginning, he'd always planned on taking this role of suffering so that we could be made pure whereas et just shows up and you know purifies in a very temporary sense all of the hurt and brokenness that these you know the people that he meets experience he's able to remove temporary afflictions but he is not able to actually go through the process of you know bringing them ultimate satisfaction and fulfillment and and healing um so yes, uh, anyway, point is, there you go. They are related. Jesus is superior. Noah, do you have any questions? <laughs> no, not really. I feel like it was pretty cut and dry, you know? Yeah. Very much a, a, a presentation on my feature, if you will. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I was just looking up a verse real quick. Okay. Um, okay, Revelation 13... Eight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So actually, I'll, I'll read seven, eight, seven and eight. Um, so the first part doesn't matter, but it's just, it's not a full sentence if I don't read it. But also it was allowed to make war on the saints and conquer them and all authority was given it over every tribe and people and language and nation and all who dwell on earth will worship it. It's talking about the beast. Mm -hmm. Everyone whose name was not 
has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the lamb who was slain. Um, meaning the book of life of the lamb who was slain existed before the world existed. Meaning the lamb who was slain was always going to happen in the world before yeah. the world was founded. I don't know if this is making sense. But you know what I mean. Just to follow up on, this was not an accident. Yeah. It wasn't, oh, I guess I'm here now. <laughs> better do some cool stuff. <laughs> better bleed some, or better better cry some bloody tears and get on a cross, I guess. <laughs> you mean sweat some blood? Was it, was it, was that what it was? It was sweating? Blood. Oh, yeah. it was sweating blood. I, my Great brain remembered it. of blood. <laughs> yeah. For some reason, I thought it was cried. I couldn't remember. That'd be oh, hardcore. That would be pretty hardcore. But no, you're so right. It is It is sweating because that anyway. is an actual medical condition. Continue. <laughs> but E.T., um, I think it is interesting that he, he always takes the opportunity to sacrifice himself for others, um, even though it isn't intentional. And God is better because he isn't intentional, hmm. and he always <clears throat> is meaning to sacrifice himself for others. But I think... E.T. is like Christ-like, like you were saying, yeah. but like Christ-like in the way we should be like, oh, we have the opportunity to self-sacrificially serve others. Let's do it. You know? yeah. <laughs> There's not a question in E.T.'s brain about whether this is the right thing to do or not to heal this person or help that person. It's just, I can, so I will. Um, and I think that's admirable for this little alien bro uh, <laughs> named E.T., um, and I think that's just a good little example. But again, God is better and because he doesn't need the opportunity. He makes the opportunity to sacrifice himself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, pretty simple message here today. Moving on to Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. I almost said Woo. Indiana Jones in the Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> anyway, so during... Harry Potter in the Chamber of Secrets. Harry is struggling with his identity as a Gryffindor. Someone has been releasing a monster from the Chamber of Secrets. And Harry, he has been found at the scene of several of the crimes. Uh, at the scene several times. Due to bad luck and convenient writing, he's been there and been the first person seen around different uh people who have been petrified so he is suspect number one to most of the kids at the school this is uh, oh no <laughs> so this has led these other kids to think maybe he's the one true heir of slytherin that can open the chamber of secrets uh he would ignore this because you know he knows he's innocent but the idea is in his head and he just learned that he can speak parcel tongue which is the language of snakes, which also happens to be the trademark talent of Salazar Slytherin. So maybe he is related to Slytherin, is the heir of Slytherin, and maybe something's happening that he doesn't understand, and it really is his fault. Um, and it couldn't be someone else speaking this snake language because no one else has been known to do it for, like, hundreds of years. <coughs> Also, he's also been hearing voices that are telling him to kill and bite and drink the blood and stuff like that. So that's not a good sign either. So he's like, I know I'm not killing people or petrifying people, but 
What? I should definitely see a doctor. (laughs) Making me think that it could be possible if I didn't know better. This is pretty scary. Am I really a Gryffindor? If I knew I was a Gryffindor, then I wouldn't. Then I'd have the confidence to say, absolutely not. I'm not the heir of Slytherin, or else I'd be in Slytherin. Right. But the sorting hat a year earlier had told him that he would do well in Slytherin. Um, So he has this doubt. And eventually he gets to see the sorting hat again um, in Dumbledore's office. And he asks him about his placement in the house he is in. And the sorting hat just says, I... Don't, uh, like, I don't regret what I said last year. You would have done well in Slytherin. And that doesn't make Harry feel better at all. So, (laughs) Harry doesn't know who he is or if he's killing people or what is happening. I mean, he knows he's not killing people or petrifying people, but but does he really know? You know? (laughs) You know? But in the end, he finds out the truth. He finds Voldemort and wins by pulling the sword of Gryffindor out of the sorting hat. Which is something only a true Gryffindor can do. So he proves to himself and everyone else who he truly is. He is not the heir of Slytherin, and he's not uh, been releasing a monster from the Chamber of Secrets and trying to kill people all year wrong. Um, which, you know, he thought he was, maybe, but probably not. Yeah, anxiety uh, brain. Yeah. We've all been there. <laughs> Maybe I am petrifying people. <laughs> Ugh, I hate when my brain's telling me that. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, so while he is recovering from the fight, Dumbledore visits him in the hospital wing, and when Harry asks if he should have been in Slytherin, because he's still worried about it, because he doesn't know about the sword thing, uh, he's just like, oh, cool, sword. Uh <laughs> This is Dumbledore's response to that question. Dumbledore says, it's, it, it is our choices, Harry, that show what we truly are far more than our abilities. Dumbledore believes that no matter what abilities Harry displays, that his choices to play, display true bravery and thus show who he truly is as a true Gryffindor. So his choices are proving who he is more than anything he could do. Um, and so I think there is a bit of truth in this statement, and that truth uh, can help us learn a biblical principle. And I will bring up James two fourteen through eighteen to help display this. Uh, James two fourteen through eighteen says, "What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving him the things he needs for the body, what good is that? So also by faith itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. So, James is trying to say here that you may have faith and believe in God, but that amounts to nothing in itself because it could be a dead faith. There is the faith of, oh, okay, yeah, I believe Jesus rose from the dead, all that stuff. He was son of God. But cool guy. You can believe those things, and that's great, but it, it's not the kind of faith we're looking for. 
A living faith is the only one that saves. And how do you know that you have a living faith? A good test is to look at your works. Not that your works are doing anything, but how do you know if your faith is a saving faith or not? Well, you can use your works as a test. Um, If they flow from a living faith, then you are doing good works, not just giving lip service to good works, as the example in the verses say, walking up to someone who's cold and hungry and saying, be warm and full, and then moving on. That doesn't help them. (laughs) You aren't doing any good. Uh, You're just trying to make yourself feel better. You're like, oh, I did the right thing, obviously. I, I told him to be warm. (laughs) but you're not actually taking care of that person so you're not doing any good um if your actions are false actions like that um it is possible that they flow from a dead faith rather than a living faith or if you have no actions at all or your actions are only when it's convenient and not sacrificial in any sense of the word you don't take time out of your day you don't take any money out of your wallet, you don't even take time to think about what's going on in the world and pray about it, any of that stuff, just like E.T., who does sacrifice constantly. Um, But back to this. (laughs) Um, So E.T. has a living faith. Good for him. (laughs) Good Christ stand-in. Then you have a dead faith that is just words and belief but isn't really something you take to heart and why that's important is because you need to make jesus your lord and he says go do these things and if you aren't then you're just giving him lip service rather than actually making him your lord so it's not that the actions save you in any sense but they do prove to you Uh, and others, who you are in the state of your faith. Is it alive or dead? Is it saving faith or not? Um, Harry doesn't know who he is, but his choices and actions show who he is. He was already a true Gryffindor from the beginning. He didn't need to pull the sword out of the hat to be one. But when he does, he can now rest in the fact that he knows who he truly is. His actions prove who he is, but they don't make him who he is. Uh, So, back to the Bible verses we were talking about. Our works show us who we are, but they don't make us who we are. God made us saved. God made us new men. And our works show who we are, but they don't make us who we are. Uh, So, it doesn't matter if you are looking at yourself and thinking, well... I do bad things. I sin. I lie. I cheat. I turn myself away from God. Um, Yeah, you have those abilities. Everyone does. Congratulations. (laughs) But your choices to confess, to do good works, to trust in God, to repent, to choose God later, and (laughs) choose God over those things you had chosen before, are what prove yourself Um, not what earns you salvation, but what proves that you have it. Um, so our actions, uh, proves, show things about us, but they aren't who we are. Uh, Elias, did you have anything else to add? (laughs) No. Um, the importance of 
having a living faith is shown in like what you do. There are the fruits of the spirit. And I think that it's important to keep that analogy in mind or that, um, that imagery where it's just like, are you a living tree? Are you bearing fruit? If you are not bearing fruit, your faith probably is not a living faith. Um, like Noah said, you know, works are not what save you. Your works don't technically matter. Um, mm-hmm. but they're signposts. Um, and that's anyway, that's all that I'd really add. Nothing specifically like what you said, but just to like, I don't know. I felt like doubling down on that, I guess. <clears throat> if you have something, <laughs> uh, but no, do you have anything else that you want to say? No, I think it was pretty simple, but, uh, I think it, it's a good explanation of what's going on. Just it's not as if Harry became a true Gryffindor. The moment he pulled the sword out of the hat, Hmm. he could do it because he already was one. Yeah. So it's not as if you are saved because you do good works. You do good works because you are saved. It's not like the moment you do enough good works, boom, you made it. (laughs) The action does nothing for you. But because you are doing good works, it means something about you. Um, Just to summarize it for like the eighth time. If you want to summarize it to us again and let us know what we're talking about. (laughs) That's smooth. About E.T. or Harry Potter in the Chamber of Secrets, let us know at ocvepod.com or ocvepod at gmail.com or at O-C-V-E-P-O-D on Facebook or Twitter. We'd love to hear from you guys. If you have your own idea for something we should talk about or you just want to tell us about some other thing that you think of and think is cool, we'd love to hear from you because you're cool for listening to us. Your works of listening to us prove how cool you are. Yep. Yes and amen. You were cool before you listened to us, but now we know it. Thanks for being now here, guys. We know it. Uh, Elias, you want to say goodbye and that you love them and hugs and kisses and all that? Um, or just happy Halloween? Sweet dreams, boys and girls. Hope you enjoy your tricks and your treats. Uh, Call out your ghoul friends and tell them about the podcast and the show. Tell them to leave us some hot cider and a like (laughs) and subscribe to our feed. Amen. (laughs) Have a great one, y'all. Bye. Bye. (laughs)